The Ringer Gambling Show is here to help you place your bets on the biggest sports around the world. Join NFL analyst Warren Sharp on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. Each week, they'll cover everything from spreads, game totals, and parlays to player props, futures, post-game reactions, and more. Check out The Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Popping. Real ones. Logan Murdoch here, Raja Bell there. Raja, there's really only been one thing to talk about today. Um, I don't care yeah. what everybody is expecting nah, us nah, to talk about. Nah, I really nah. don't care. Nah, before care. we even go there, bro, because oh, for those up? who can't tell, they may hear this random. Um, how's that fucking breakfast sandwich, bro? How's it tasting right now? <laughs> really yeah, for those of you good. who can't tell, the remnants bro. are all <laughs> in the mustache. Bro, I I've had a long weekend, my guy. I've had a long week. Do you want to get into that, or do you want to just get into the uh, <laughs> to get into what we're getting into, bro? It's just but it's it's honestly, guys, keep your routine, okay? Everybody, just keep your routine. Stop taking uh, just stop taking random trips, guys. We're we're out on the other side of this pandemic, guys. We got to bring order into this into this life. So um, that's basically where we're at. Which explains the breakfast sandwich, as you know, Raja. Um, it looked good anyways. though. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna keep it a buck. Bro, good... You you might get some like, yes. real, like you might get some of that during this pod, bro. Just because you know, Sasha Mack just is so much that Sasha Mack can't even edit it out. Because I'm just, I might be just snacking during this pod. But anywho, we're here to talk about the Warriors and the Nets. It's about that time, Raja, because the Warriors and the Nets are playing tomorrow, Tuesday, and that means it is. It's not the first first time that they're playing, but like a lot of in, a lot of stuff on the on this part of the pandemic, it's one of the first times where we get to see, if not the first, this is the first time we get to see Steph Curry versus Kevin Durant after mm. KD has left. That seems like 
it simultaneously feels like two weeks ago, but also feels like seven years ago when they played together, right? Like I still have memories of them playing together. Very, very vivid memories of playing together. But it's going to be weird. What do you think going into this game, man? How, how, do you, how are you feeling going into this game? It's one of the only times you're going to hear me say this on the pod, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to miss Kyrie. Mm. I'm going to miss him. That's the way I feel about yeah. that game. I'm going to miss him because he too has a thing with Steph. Um, and I just think that the positions and the matchups when you're trying to create drama because they both play the same position and they're basically the same size, it, 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 I feel it more than I feel Steph versus KD, if that's a thing. Like, you know what I mean? If that makes sense to you. While I understand the Steph versus KD drama, I'm going to miss Kyrie in the equation because I know where his mind goes when, when, he sees, when he sees Steph, right? Like, there's... Yeah, I was talking to somebody um, pretty recently about that, uh, how something about Kyrie and Steph where Kyrie just feels like... He just feels different when he plays against Steph Curry. The competition is just different. I'm sure you've seen it on that on that other side, but he plays defense. He's engaged because Kyrie's in one of those situations where he's probably the most talented uh, player, or at least in terms of talent, uh, at least top five, right? You know, um, in terms of talent, not like uh, accomplishments in the whole total package, but um, he sees Steph as somebody that is accomplished and at all these things. It's like a I think I was talking to somebody recently. It was it's like Prince and Michael Jackson, right? Where Prince is this guy that can play all the instruments, can can do all these different things, but maybe isn't as acclaimed um, long term or as acclaimed as he he probably should be or wants to be. And he goes up against Steph, who is this corporation, this um, this one man everything, right? Like Mike was, and then mm-hmm. you kind of get those clashes, right? Like they, there's a love and respect for each other, but you only really see that with them going at each other. That's the only way they know how to show respect to each other. I remember seeing um, Steph play uh, last week against Lamelo Ball, and I can tell when Steph is like really respects somebody because he really won't talk to them. He really just won't. Like he'll show that. Like I think it was uh, Lamelo was trying to. Um, Lamelo was just like I don't I didn't watch the game last night, but I, when they were playing a chase, like Lamelo had gone behind Steph and like tapped him, and Steph didn't even blink. You know, yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. he he he, res- he respect he's locked in, and obviously he respects Lamelo, but like that's how these two people show respect is by going at each other intensely. So I'm excited I mean, about you, that. You were around Steph a lot. I mean, I was around Kyrie for that year. Um, did was Steph aware? Was Steph aware? of the level that Kyrie came at him? Um, was was he? So, was, I mean, because sometimes for a Steph who's already on the mountaintop, it's not a thing. But it, for yeah. Kyrie, it's a thing because you're saying, I'm Prince in this equation. If I'm Kyrie, I'm trying to get to that Michael Jackson status. Mike might just be like, yo, I'm not even, I'm not concerned with that. Like What's that. funny though, when you read about Mike, this is another podcast, when you read about Mike and you read about Prince, both of those dudes were insanely competitive in watching each other's shows. Um, mm. So, like they may have acted like they didn't care, but that's because they cared. But anyway, well, so was um, it like that? Uh, so when I was, uh, so when I was in the Bay, um, you know, I've always been in the Bay my whole life. But when I when they were first starting the Cavs iteration of Kyrie, I was watching as a spectator. I, I didn't really know Steph. I didn't really you Got know. You. I didn't know the game. But when I started covering uh, Steph 
my first year was when they played each other. Um, it was it's a bit a big game, but it was it was a home game. It was a Saturday night game. Uh, Celtics Celtics Warriors, right? When Kyrie was on the Celtics, and Kyrie had one of his best games. He fucking put Steph in a blender a whole bunch of times, but I think Steph ended up winning. I think Steph had like. I don't know if he had like 40 or 50 points, but it, you could tell that it was one of those games that Steph um, had circled on the calendar. And in hindsight, I don't know the reporting now, but I don't have the reporting on it. But in hindsight, it's like, man, you know, knowing that Kyrie came, um, Kyrie is now teammates with Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant was on the Florida. And it's like, it's just, it's just a lot of things that you could point to about why he could be uh, feeling some type of way. Um, and he's all fair to feel those feelings. And then, you know, they got Kyrie who's like, man, I ain't got what Steph got, but I want it. This is typical competitive stuff, right? You find stuff in a guy that you probably like, but you want to, you're, you're taught to get to that mountaintop. So, um, you know, with Kyrie and them, I, I always saw a competition between Steph and Kyrie that you don't really see. Um, you see it only with guys who have a mutual respect for each other, if, if that makes sense. So it, it, I, I, that was just an, that wasn't a rivalry, but it's a great competition. So I'm I, I'm I'm sad that we can't see that on tomorrow night. Yeah, like I miss you. Are. Uh, yeah, I miss Kyrie. I and you know I I love to watch that matchup because they're such well they're both super gifted and they they could get it you know in a multitude of ways. Um, they're so different in their their approach to the way they play the game. You know, one of them is more of a Ball movement, people movement, using your shot to set up your drive. Yes, I can, you know, work you off the bounce, but I mean, I find it easier to set it up with the threat of this shot and my and my movement. And and I actually really like to play the game that way. And I like to watch the game like that. It's probably because that's the way I had to play it to be successful. And then the other one is is kind of what the game is taught to be now from a skill training perspective, which is like, I have every tool in the toolbox offensively. There's nothing that you're going to do defensively that'll catch me slipping because I've got any answer and counter that you could imagine. And he is, I've said before, I'll say it again. We, we, we have our issues with some of the things that have taken place, but Kyrie pound for pound with the ball in his hand. He's one of the most gifted cast to ever lace him up. It's incredible. Watching him, I, I don't, I've said this before, but watching him in a gym with LeBron James, um, Kevin Love, other really good players, uh, watching him in a gym, he looks different in some of the things that he's able to do with the ball. Understand what I'm saying? Not like he's better than LeBron, but like what he does with the ball. And then to you're see someone- Steph? You're talking about Steph? No, I'm talking about Kyrie. Kyrie, and to, okay, and yeah. to watch Ky, And to watch like LeBron and company- kind of marvel at what Kyrie does and then go over there and pick his brain about, yo, dog, show me how you, like, what was that you did with that? I mean, that's the yeah. ultimate respect, right? When LeBron James comes over and wants to know how you're doing that shit, you're pretty mm -hmm. good. You know, and I don't want to get too much into this, but it's funny. I just want to just a quick tangent. Um, just want to say, like, when you're Kyrie and have all that ability, it's tough. It's tough mentally. It's tough physically. It's tough all those ways. So, like, I... You know, I just want to say, like, you know, we, as we've evolved in this, I don't want to talk too much more into this, but you can see that. But back to, um, like, this matchup, what do you think about, because um, I, I feel, what do you think about this? I feel like that this is one of the matchups that, and you could go down the line in NBA history with these types of matchups. You talk about, um, you know, the, I, I think about 2004, Kobe versus Shaq, that return. Um, what else am I thinking about? Just 
tentpole games and regular season games in general where you get up for it and you're excited for it. Um, like I'm going, it's a four o'clock start out here in the in the West Coast, bro. I am making sure my day is all good so I can be there at tip off to watch this game. I'm not playing around. Like I'm gonna watch this game. I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna watch it. Are these one of those games for you? It's a seven o'clock start for you. I think it's good for you, East Coast guys. So, like, are you? Is this one of those games where you're like, "Yo, we're gonna make sure all the chores is done. We're gonna figure this out to watch this game." Like, how do no. you? How do you feel like this? Okay, all right. No, no, no. I, but I don't get like that. I mean, full disclosure. While this is my job and I watch a lot of basketball, no games really turn me on like that until it's like later. Is it because you were taught that way? Is that because it's how you were taught as a basketball player in general? Yeah, but no. I mean, because I get I get up for games, but they're very sure. few that get me like super excited in November, you know, sure, like, sure. And, and it's cliche, but around Christmas, like that Christmas day, when there's not a lot popping, the kids have opened all their gifts and stuff. And I must see some different colorways of, of shoes on the court. That's when I first start being like, Oh, okay. You know, let's, let's it's funny. Cause like in. people say that people said it a lot is like, like there's like three starts to the season, right? Like there's like the opening night, which we're kind of locked into. Then we kind of get away from it. And then like, we uh we go to Christmas. That's like another opening night. And then like maybe like sometime in March, there's like a game we're not supposed to watch, but it's great. And then we that like is the unofficial. We're going into the postseason. Let's 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 gear back into it. And then there's another lull. And then there's the finals. It feels like that's how the NBA season can, seems to set up. Yeah, these these I am interested in the game. I'm just not like I'll probably you know sit down and watch it at the end of the night. Um, I don't have to be there to see it live. I, I am very interested to see, you know, the what Brooklyn. I've I've watched Golden State more than Brooklyn this year. Um, and I've watched I've watched I've watched Golden State more than Brooklyn as well. So right. it's a fun time to see. So I, I'm really interested to see what Brooklyn looks like. I want to see James Harden. You know, it seems like he's getting his sea legs under him again. I I really want to break down. This is just my nerd self. Like I'm trying to see what they're doing defensively. That's translated into this success defensively. If it's, if it's schematic, if it's personnel driven, if it's addition by subtraction, you know, like I want to know because, you know, they're a really, really good early, you know, defensive team in the league. You're talking about, uh, yeah, Brooklyn, Brooklyn is number five in the league in terms of defensive efficiency. And I mean, think about where they were the entirety of last year. You know, so I'm I'm kind of intrigued to see what they look like. I mean, again, we're in that first 20 games. I'm not I'm going to reserve judgment until after that on, you know, or right around that on what these teams are going to ultimately be. I think they're both going to be very formidable in the playoffs, but I you know, they're just there's some there's some nerdy things I'm interested in getting into about the game. I think the nerdy thing that I'm trying to get into about this game and I think you kind of touched on it is this Warriors team ha- is really good, right? Best team in the league. Right now, I'm just going to say that record wise, best team in the league, but they've had a soft schedule. They've also had a really home heavy early schedule and they just lost their first road game to to Charlotte. This is a big road trip for them. Right. This is a big and not a big road trip for them. But as you know, there's the, the NBA season is so long. It's just it's a series of tests. Right. And this is their first real like kind of big. Like it's a really good team, national audience, a really good test to show them, to show the world like who they really kind of are at this stage of their of their of their season. Um, and does it mean anything in the grand scheme of things? No, but like it'll bring. I think this game is something that'll bring both teams down the center, right? Uh, there's a lot of emotion into this. Um, I just, I'm just curious to see how these two teams who really don't know each other all the way yet. 
really just uh, push themselves. And I want to talk about Brooklyn to start that, right? Let's talk about Brooklyn. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Brooklyn had the early season stuff with Kyrie. And then um, had to figure some stuff out with Harden, but they've reeled off a run. They're they're playing really well. Um, they just had a big win the other night. I saw like they just blew somebody out. And um, is that good or bad going into this into a matchup like this? Do you want to be in a role when you're going into a matchup like this, or do you want to kind of come off a loss to just kind of reset? Um, that's a good question, Logan. I mean, you can make a case for either one. I, they're they're there's definitely benefit in coming off of some sort of loss, right? And and being the hungrier of the two teams. But generally speaking, I think playing good basketball and, and winning and being on a roll, um, I do believe in momentum. You know, I hear some people that I, I believe in it. And so, you know, when you've got it rolling and you feel like you're playing good ball and everything seems to be clicking, um, I, I think it's better to go into one of these marquee matchups with that. Um, you know, and, and so, again, you know, Brooklyn's an interesting team for me because maybe part of the reason I said before I'm not super locked in on this is because I I know there's a huge potential for them to look way different than than they're going to look you know against against Golden State right now and here's what worries me about uh, Brooklyn in, in terms of the matchup with Golden State I just touched on how good they are defensively but I watched Golden State play against the Bulls who who are another really good defensive team the other night and the Bulls were there for a while and the Bulls, you know, the, the the Bulls have gifted scores, but they're not hanging huge numbers on the board. And they just couldn't keep up with Golden State in, in, in a lot of different ways. Golden State just kept moving, kept shooting, kept screening, kept slipping, kept... Like, they just worked them over. And so I worry about Brooklyn because when you look at their scoring dispersion, like, you know... You're you're gonna it, they're getting little chip ins from a lot of people. Not unlike Golden State, but your top two dudes, you're gonna need them to be on every night. Their margin for error without Kyrie now is just slimmer than it would be with Kyrie offensively in terms of being able to put up enough numbers. And and I think you're gonna have to do that against Golden State. And I don't know I don't know that they they will. Yeah, I'm sure they can. I don't know that yeah. they will. And I think that's the argument for Golden State winning to, uh, tomorrow night is because. Um, and I, it's, I think it's similar to the Lakers game opening night, right? Where I think, I don't, I think there's, I know there's a lot out there about how, uh, you know, the Warriors are like bound. Are they going to make a move? Are they going to trade Wiggins? Are they going to do all these things? Are they going to be a different looking team? Honestly, man, I don't think so. I really don't. I think this is the team that they have. I think that, I don't think that they want change, especially in a, in a league where everybody's changing and everybody's doing these things. I think that they're going to, by and large, stay the same. And the reason why I think that is it's because every time the league tries to do something, the Warriors try to do it a different way and better. Now, that doesn't make that doesn't mean that they're going to do everything different and better, but that's their goal, right? Like when everybody said, well, what, 
you trading for D'Angelo Russell is stupid. Why would you do that? Or why would you trade for Wiggins? You really just being, you know, like, what are you guys doing? There's, I don't know what you're doing. They've made, I don't know if you saw Andrew Wiggins just uh, last what? week, Raja, but I was in the building when he dunked over Carl Towns. That was not like anything I've ever seen out of Andrew Wiggins. And people can also say, oh, they're trying to boost up his trade value and stuff. And at this very moment, I just think that they're just trying to make a, there's been so much change with this team. I think that they just, they want some continuity. So I say all that to say, I could see the Warriors just blowing this team, this Nets team out, not because the Nets team isn't good and isn't talented, because they don't know each other. And it's the same way when, remember, um, opening night against the Lakers, it wasn't because the Warriors were, are, are and were a better team than the Lakers right now because they know all their sets. They know what they're trying to do right now. Whereas the Lakers are playing with, you know, guys that have never played with each other, they don't trust each other yet. So I think the same thing is going to happen with the Nets right now. I'm I'm going with the Warriors on Tuesday night. I think I just made my whole. I think I just made my whole pick for for Tuesday night. Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to agree with you on the Warriors, and with one caveat: if um, if James Harden goes ballistic and pops back into James Harden esque form for you know MVP level James Harden, now you're talking about having two of the best offensive players on the planet. And I think at that point, you know, you, you would have enough. I just worry about him at 19 a game and Kevin Durant having to go off. And then you don't really have anyone else on Brooklyn. I mean, Joe Harris is around 11 and I like Joe. And then, you know, I love Patty Mills, but he's around, you know, 12 and you've just got, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, LaMarcus Aldridge isn't going to beat you at this point. Like he's not going to have the type of game you would need. So that would be the one caveat I would give you for, for, for Brooklyn you know, having a chance to win the game. I don't know if you remember this when the Andrew Wiggins trade happened, but I was one of the people saying this is going to be fantastic for Andrew Wiggins. I thought it was going to be a great fit for him culturally. I I do believe in organizational failure, if that's a thing, like, and someone going to a place that does not help them be successful, especially early in your career. And I don't think Minnesota was a great place for Andrew Wiggins. Now, he had some years where he averaged 20 and change and whatever, but they were in losing efforts. And, you know, I, there's something to be said for learning how to play when, when every game, you know, is important and, and, and means something, right? Because we're trying to win this championship. And I, I thought going to Golden State was going to be good for him in that regard. It has, man. He's shooting his best percentage from the field in a streamlined amount of shots. He's shooting like close to his best in threes, um, 18 a game. He is defensively perfect. For them, it gives you another switchable, you know, Andre Drum, I mean, not Andre Drum, excuse me, but Draymond Green type of piece that can guard a bunch of different spots. I think he's just been fantastic. And I, again, maybe, maybe I'm just convincing myself of this. I should have thought it out pre-pod note to self, but they could look completely different too. Now, not because reduced, they made trades though, right? Not because no, they made trades. But yeah, if yeah. Clay comes back and the difference is when, when Kyrie comes back, I think it shifts the way Brooklyn plays because you're like taking turns back and forth and back and forth. Golden State's just going to keep doing what they do offensively. You're just going to have another incredible weapon at your disposal, you know, who's just going to fit right in, who knows how to play that style and they're just going to keep moving. So, you know, they're, they're a fun team to watch. I really enjoyed them. I want to get into some nerd shit with Golden State because I want to get you, bounce your ideas off of this and see what this is because it relates to Andrew Wiggins. Now, the Warriors, what they do when they... um when they develop uh, players, they simultaneously try to develop players 
within the offense and also try to grow their individual games. Now, that sure. takes a long time because the Warriors offense, as you know, is free-flowing, but also because it's free-flowing, it's very complex, right? You have to know certain angles. You have to know certain things to do. Now, what they have these young guys doing, what you normally see is young guys just doing regular warm-ups and regular things and just regular shooting drills and stuff. Nah, man, when they have Kaminga and Moses Moody pregame, they are running all of the same sets that the normal guys run in the game. And then they have, then they send them down to the G League where they are running normal sets in the G League. And you see um, what I was, was told by one of the, one of the, uh, somebody within the Warriors organizations. The reason why they do that is because they want a whole continuum of, of plays and these guys to just learn this shit and learn all their stuff so it's second nature. And the reason why, I think the Warriors' way of they're going to be a different team come June or whenever, however long they play, they're going to be a different team come the spring. But I think that they're going to be um, a lot better for it because okay, you're adding Clay Thompson, but like, what is Clay going to do that he's that's anything different than he's always done within this offense? Nothing. What is he's he going to do? What he's just going to add. He's just going to add. He's just going to add to what you've already got going on. Exactly. So what is Andrew Wiggins going to do? What is he going to do differently when Clay Thompson comes? Maybe there's going to be an adjustment with like maybe like a couple games, but what is he going to honestly do differently when when Clay Thompson comes? No, he's that's why I said like they'll they'll be different, but not they'll be different in terms of having more weapons and a higher ceiling in terms of points scored and and threes made, but it's going to look the same. You know, Brooklyn Brooklyn you're 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 taking a third of the game out of Kevin Durant or James Harden's hands and you're putting it in Kyrie's hands. And so while it may look the same because it's an ISO or pick and roll, it, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, taking a third off of someone else's plate. When you introduce, when you introduce uh, uh, Clay Thompson into that, it, it just keeps moving is my point. Like that offense, it's a system, right? Like, you know, the analogy I would draw is like, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. when they were, you know, what just happened with the Browns and stuff. And I heard all the analysts. Which is and, a very savvy move by Odell Beckham, by the way. But go ahead. Yeah, were. But they were, the, the argument that I kept hearing from some of the analysts was, you know, to use a piece like Odell Beckham Jr., um, a number one, an alpha, a guy who needs the ball in his hands, you've got to have an offense that puts the ball in his hands. It can't really be a system. And Cleveland is more of a system, right? You can plug people into that. And, and, you know, distribute the ball. And so you don't necessarily need OBJ, right? Like, and so I, the Golden State has a system. Now, they've got some of the best players on the planet playing in that system, but it is one that's just going to, they're going to keep doing what they do. And the Brooklyn Nets are more of a star-driven, like, look, he's brilliant. Put the ball in his hand, let him dance, and then we'll all eat off of that. So that's more of an OBJ destination. Do you know what I mean? Golden State is like, look, we want great players, but this is the way we're going to play. And you guys got to figure out, you know, how to get and your skill sets off that. that's the San Antonio that. model. That's the San yeah. Antonio model, right? And what I, I think over the last 10 years, we have seen the push and pull between two ideas. And those two ideas are, um, we're going to just super team. And I, I know, honestly, I'm going to say it, it started with the Celtics. started with the 07, 08 Celtics. We're going to either, we're going to make a team or we're going to develop one. And it all comes down to patience. We're going to try, and you're seeing this push and pull right now between the two ideas. You see the Warriors model, and this is why I think this game, this is why I'm so interested in this game, because you see the Warriors model where they're like, 
we're just we don't give a fuck who you are. If you're Steph Curry on down, we are going. And this is something that I think the the Suns that we're trying to build to. I think you and the Spurs have built. What you do is you make sure I don't care if you're Steph Curry, I don't care if you're Andre Iguodala, I don't care about anything. You are going to learn this system. You're going to be. You're gonna, we're going to teach you this system. We're going to teach young guys this system. We're going to get them at 18. We don't care if they play early. We don't care if they're James Wiseman. We don't care if they're Kaminga. They can go to the G League. They are going to be developed through this pipeline, and we're going to continue to do this pipeline through. It's very like, I think what Silicon Valley is just trying to do. They're trying to get just, you know, they're so new and gotten so good so fast that they're trying to just make sure, you know, we already have our shock to the system. Let's try to build something for years and years and years and years. Whereas, and then you see the other side of that with Brooklyn, where, and you also see this with Los Angeles, and you see this with the other teams. And I, I'm not going to, you know, say anything about their, you know, what that means for where they're from, but like, you see that ideal where they're trying to put things together because we ain't got patience, bro. We got to figure this out. We got we got money to make. We got We got championships to win. You know, my name is Kevin Durant. I got a legacy to build. I ain't with the fuck shit. I got to win right now. And the second, the Brooklyn side of it is just going to take longer. Now, I don't know which one is going to be more effective now, but I I know that the Brooklyn thing is going to take longer for them to coexist. Remember, they didn't play their, start playing their best basketball, in my opinion, until the playoffs, but then everybody got injured, right? So they got to figure out how they're going to do that, how they're, both sides have proven to be effective. One just hasn't won out yet. So we have to figure out that. And I think that we're seeing those two things with these two teams. I have a few thoughts. One, you can overpower that system, right? Like if you were, if you were to tell me, hey, the, the balance of power is in, in or, or if you were going to say, hey, we got these two models, one is like 55% um, proven to win, the other is 45%. I think you could, you could, you know, sway those numbers a bit by adding a third star like Brooklyn did, right? Like by taking a Kyrie and putting him with, or James Harden and putting him with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. I think that beats your system in Golden State. Like they are too good. There are too many of them. We've exactly. we've now overpowered the system. But when you subtract one of those from it, we're right back to those numbers, right? Like we're, you know, 45, 55 or 47, 53. We're in that. And and that's the, you know, that's what you're trying to figure out. What What is better? I will say this, and just this is personal, this is from my journey, you know, as a young player, not having the G League, you know, at my disposal, having to go to CBA teams that had no affiliation with NBA clubs and learning to play a style that was just unique to whatever coach you drew in the CBA. I was lucky. I, I played for Coach Paul Woopert. Shout out. Like, he's a legend. He was a really good coach. But none of that was preparing you to get your call up or your 10-day and be, and be good in the system you were going to. So once you got to Philadelphia, let's say, what's my call up? You're just trying to pick that shit up on the fly. You got 10 days, bro. Good luck. And you're looking around like, oh, man, wait, what am I supposed to do? Oh, I, So uh, all this movement I did in Yakima, I don't do that anymore. I stand in the corner and, and I wait. And, you know, it's got to be cool for some of these guys to be able to play in a system and really get their get their footing under them, learn how their skill set um, can be productive in those systems. Their stability is what you're looking for there, right? That's the word I'm looking for. And t- stability leads to success. I always believed that. Like, and and part of the reason I didn't make teams, Logan, wasn't my talent level as a young player. I mean, it, 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 I was. It was just that I didn't fully understand what San Antonio wanted. I didn't understand where to be in their pick and roll offense. I didn't know what the Hawks wanted. And so, you know, you're just 
There's so much better position young players today, having that G League, having that affiliation with clubs, having that, if you do have that stability flowing through the organization offensively and defensively with, 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 with verbiage and with philosophy and with all of that, um, I think it's a pretty cool thing. It's funny that you say that because I would like, you know, I'm always around, uh, you know, I'm around the Warriors who have kind of honestly been the cutting edge of a lot of things in, 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 uh, in the NBA. So I've been fortunate enough to be around them. But um, I think that the, the I'm just going to take a hot take, man. I really think from what I've seen, I think the NBA is in a good place right now. I think it's an, honestly, I think it, it's 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 in one of those places that you can't really see right now and that history will be good. Right. Because everybody's building a G League. The G League is building, but you have to build it brick by brick, right? You, The Warriors just have, the, I think, the best um, G League team. But I feel like when everybody has a G League team and you can, and it's not as taboo to just say, to tell your first round pick, your first pick in the draft, hey, bro, just go take a, a few weeks down in the G League. It ain't nothing, bro. Like, take your pride out this shit. It's fine. You don't know anything. We're, we suck right now. You're not going to get enough practice time. We don't care about playing time. We want practice time for you. And that's, I think that's the difference between LaMelo and James Wiseman. Now, we'll see how that plays out, but that's two different things. But you see right now the G League is expanding, and I'm curious. I can't wait to see in like 10, 15 years when every team has a G League. And then I think the league will overall be better because teams won't be ch- – the Brooklyn Nets, who are upstarts, are going to be trying to chase Kevin Durant because they already, they already developed a, a Kevin Durant and – they can actually draft more towards their needs instead of players if they have the whole... No, you can't develop a Kevin Durant. I'm sorry. I see your face. I, <laughs> I, they can develop stars of their own. Sorry, Kevin. I know you listen to this. I apologize. I ain't trying to get no text, my guy. Kevin, um, Kevin, I had your back, bro. You're not developing that. Yeah, uh, I know. You ain't developing that at all. Hey, hey, when you see Kevin at 18 in the Supersonics jersey and G in the in the in the summer league, Dumb. yeah, bro. But you get what I'm saying though. Like, not every star is like that, right? Yeah, for sure. But every star sure. has the potential to be like that. Like, we don't know what James Wise is gonna be, but we also what we do know is he only played like two games in five years, right? He doesn't know what he is. So to de- he needs more development than a LaMelo ball who's played. The, the challenge with development, if you're not ready right away, or you should go to a team um, that is in win-now mode and they can't wait for you. There are any number of reasons why, why you wouldn't be able to just hop on the court and play right now and you still have an upside. So the equation that they got to get right is the skill development, right? The, 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 um, the growth of the, the mental p- health that goes into that too, right? All of that, but then you have to you have to put that on the court for the player to grow. Like sure. you don't grow, you don't grow by just by just like working out. You know you've got to get out there and you got to be in the fire. You got to learn how to do it. And so the G League becomes critical for some for some players to go down and get those minutes with if they're not available to them on the big club. You know, and and just go down there and and this move that we worked on all week. Let's see if it if it if it manifests itself in the game. Let's see if it shows up, right? Boom. I worked on this all week. I didn't even think about it and I used it. Oh shit. Well, that's a tool in my toolbox now, right? Like, and I was able to pull that off. Uh, By the way, Santa Cruz, I went out there to cover the G League, like to scout the G League uh, All-Star game when I was with the Cavs. I was really pissed because I didn't want to go. Sneaky vibes. And you went to Santa Santa Cruz Cruz and you were like, sneaky vibes. It's it's funny because like uh, when I was in a, I was in a, when I was covering the Warriors. I would take a lot of trips to Santa Cruz, and I was, you yeah. know, I was, um, I was in a 
you know, like I was at a newspaper, so it wasn't like you ain't getting no big bucks, right? So they would tell me straight up, hey, bro, we're going to need you to go to Santa Cruz to like get some quotes from DeMarcus Cousins and you better be at the game tonight in Oracle, right? Right. But you got to go through that that windy line, that windy road to get down to Santa Cruz. Sure. And then there's, I don't know where you stayed, but there's like, you know, it's like a vibey hotel. It's not like five right star on hotels. The, right there. on like the cliff on the water. There's like a hotel there that's like right on the, yeah. and the beach. But you wouldn't is- expect it, right? No, if you weren't expecting this hitting gym of Santa Cruz, you were not expecting. I really was not, man. (laughs) I was super pissed getting off, and I think I was San Francisco, San Jose, or San San Jose, maybe. I don't remember. Had to get my rental car, and then I had to drive down. And I can get real cranky, bro. And I was cranky. Oh, can you? Oh, what? Can you? (laughs) <laughs> and I, I pulled into town, man, and I, I went to this hotel. I was like, it's pretty cool. It's on a cliff. The people are surfing out back. And then you had to walk to the gym, right? And as oh, I'm walking yeah. to the gym, bro, there's a little taco. Did that give you like Virgin Islands vibes? There. Did that give you like island vibes that you weren't expecting? Like maybe Real just what you weren't vibes. expecting, right? No, it was yeah, really yeah, cool. Yeah. It was a really cool vibe, man. Really cool vibe. Yeah, and man. so, so, all right, if you could like put parentheses around that whole tie, like that whole tangent I just went off on. The point is, you got to get that skill development and then you got to get them on the court so they can yep. work out what works, what doesn't work and kind of trial by error, you know? Yeah, That's man. how you develop. Um, we can talk about G League for a whole podcast. So we might do it sometime. Who, who knows? But anyway. Um, hey, what's been the most surprising part to you about, about Golden State? Because you're around them a lot. You see them more than me. You were in the building. Yeah, what's man. been the most surprising thing about their team? The most surprising thing about their team is that they're so good. But like, I think... The Thank most you, surprising Biden. thing. That's what the no, 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 no. So wait, listen, 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 listen. Let me make a point. Let me make a point. Let me make a point. I, I, it was something there. It's vibes. This. Let me make a fucking point. Let me make a point. I got a point. <laughs> I think I was surprised by why they were so good. But then you see the guys, and you see why they're so good. Right on paper, they're not supposed to be good, bro. They're fucking starting Kevon Looney at center. They're not supposed to be good. Shout out to Kevon Looney, man. But like, he's not on paper. He's not a starting center in this league. I'm sorry. I, I. Kevon, if you listen to this, I, you know what it is. But anyway, um, I, I, but when you take a step back and you see this team, you're like, yo, it makes sense, bro. Why is Gary Payton the second balling right now? It's because he has he doesn't have to do shit. All he has to do is wait for Andre Godal to throw him a lob. Wait for Steph Curry to throw him a lob and just play solid defense and use the athleticism he didn't get from his father's side, right? Like, that's all he has to do. That's all he has to do. <laughs> I was wondering the other day. I was like, I don't remember. He didn't get that from GP. He didn't get that from GP, bro. He didn't get that from GP. It's okay. It's all good. It's all good. Um, Uh, But, but like, I think I'm, I was surprised that they were so good, but then I'm not surprised because you have the guys. I'm surprised certain players are so good, but like Jordan Poole and, um, and Gary Payton, Gary Payton the second, right? I am, I'm just surprised by their growth, but then I'm not by, because of the infrastructure. Okay, I can feel that. I'm going to tell you two two things surprise me. One, I shouldn't be surprised by that. How hard they they play so hard. Yeah, they play. That's really going to help you in the, in the early season. It doesn't it matter is. how good you are. It, it that's what helps you in the early regular season. You know, some of the names you just said, they just you know the Gary Payton, you know the second he just plays so hard, man. It if there are flaws in your game, it helps you overcome them. If you do things hard, you can make mistakes. Just make mistakes one a thousand miles an hour, like and it'll make up for some of them, you know. And so they play really hard. The other thing watching them is their pace and i don't mean their pace up and down the court which is which is a cool thing to watch but i mean their pace when they're in the half court and and when they move man they cut you hear coaches all the time talking about cut with a purpose like no no lazy half-ass cuts they play with real pace and force 
and it, it really causes it causes real sticky situations for defenders. It puts them in real, you know, precarious situations. Oh shit, do I go with Steph off of that cut or do I stay with Draymond? Oh damn, he dumped it already. <laughs> You know what yep. I mean, and, and it's cool to watch because basketball is a simple game, right? Like it's a, it's a, it's it can be complex if you make it that way, but at the end of the day, it's a simple game. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? You just all you we're talking about how crazy and how like uh, forward we always talk about how forward setting the Warriors' offense is. Honestly, man, what is it, bro? It's fucking setting back picks and it's fucking cutting to the basket, dude. That's really all it is. Because when you see Steph Curry making a mistake and they're like and like literally making a mistake and fucking up and they don't and a guy like Gary Payton the second could be like, Steph, you're fucking up. And he's like, you know, I got you, bro. If you see that type of stuff, you're not afraid to make mistakes. You're not afraid. And so, um, you know, I don't know what that means down the line, but I think the Warriors are going to be really good. One thing that, you know, we both need to talk about before we get up out of here is like one of the biggest things, right? And we, we mentioned him before. Um, and I want to talk this through with you because, you know, you have some, you have ties in, in Brooklyn and, you know, I know this person too, but I want to talk about Kevin Durant. Um, Kevin Durant is a guy that I've covered, um, rock with and have not rocked with sometimes. He has not rocked with me sometimes, but we got, we're, but we know each other for show. And I just, I think with Kevin, I, I'm just really curious to see how he, how he plays in this game because, I re every time he is a guy that is very calm with chaos and a guy that every time, like I remember when he played against Oklahoma in Oklahoma city for the first time. And then he played in the Bay for the first time. You always think that these guys, you know, I always think about LeBron when he has his return games and how he's just erratic. A lot of times, um, you know, when he returned to Cleveland in 2014 is a great example of that. Um, but with Kevin, he's always calm. It's always really calm in these types of games, in these situations. So you talked about James Harden going off and LaMarcus all just seeing if they're going to go off. I think if the Brooklyn Nets win this game, it's because Kevin Durant has a Kevin Durant 50. You're right. You get what I'm saying? Where he just has one of those, just like Kevin Durant's 50 is all in a day's work 50. Right. It's just like he's just getting to his spots. No one can guard him. No one can get even to his shot. Doesn't matter who you are. He's maybe talking trash. He's just calm in all of that chaos. What do you think? What do you think? For, what do you? What are you thinking about Kevin going into this 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 game? I think Kevin Durant for them again, without the third um, scoring weapon, and with James Harden still kind of coming off of the injuries, and I imagine still trying to get his, you know, his legs together. Um, I am going to say again, though, I think. Everyone knows this by now. The the changing in the rules has had a real effect on 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 him. Uh, but I think he figures that out. So yeah, with all too. of that taking place, Kevin Durant is just going to have to be brilliant to beat a team like Golden State. Uh, the good news is he's, he's brilliant. brilliant. He's brilliant <laughs> most of the time. So I, you know, uh, yeah. you said fifty is all in a day's work. I disagree with the fifty. Um, thirty five to thirty seven looks like he's not even trying. Once he starts getting that like 46 for me, 45, I'm like, oh, he's working. Like that looks different. Once he gets to 46, yeah. I'm like, oh, he's but got But it still looks cooking. easy, you know, because it, no, it's easy. But like at 35, I'm like, I, you know, it could probably feel like he had 12. You, and know, he's why, got 35. you know why? 
You know why I say it, it looks like an all-in-a-day's work, 50? Because there's been a million games that I've watched Kevin Durant up close, and it's just like, oh, shit, he has 50. Damn, okay. Well, because yeah. like, you know where, where he just, like, he shoots the same shots. Like, his dunks aren't, they're, like, he doesn't have, he has a spectacular, unspectacular game. And he's probably going to hate when I say this, but dog, this dude, I saw him tell me, tell me and a whole bunch of media members, I'm not going to fucking shoot anymore since y'all want to be on that bullshit. Just basically said that. Then went into Memphis and just had 25, 15, and 10 or something along those lines. I had a triple-double or something close to a triple-double just because he wanted to prove a point to us. That's how that's how much of a savant he is. I just think he's going to have to score tomorrow night because the Warriors have so much firepower. He has to calm his team down. Just to like, you know, when it, on a regular season game where a star just has to calm his team down for one game, I think he's going to have yeah. one of those games. I think, yeah, I agree with you. If for them to have a shot, he's going to have to come out and be a star early. I talk about putting people in, putting role players in comfortable positions. Uh, that sometimes from the top, that starts with you asserting yourself. Like, hey, I'm here. Don't have no fear. No one's got to step outside of their box tonight. Just be who you are. Um, Joe Harris. <laughs> be, be who you are, Bruce Brown. We're going to, KD's going to take care of this, fellas. We got it. I think that's important. Let, let, me, let me be clear. Kevin Durant is, is two years removed from a catastrophic, in a lot of cases, career-ending injury, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes you forget that. Sometimes you forget that. He's, aver- he's 35, 34 and a half minutes a game this year. He is shooting through however many games. A career high, 59 roughly percent from two. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And he is yep. shooting 42.5% from three. That's incredible you know it's funny right like you said your point about it's fucking amazing you said your point about developing like a kevin durant i meant developing a star i just wanted like that because it sounds so stupid in hindsight (laughs) kevin durant is the mold he is not an imitation at all there's gonna be there's like he is just one of one there's like that's just it's just crazy how good he is and you only there's only going to be one of him and I think that's why we need to like kind of appreciate this iteration because we only have one of Kevin Durant. We only have one of Giannis. We only have one of LeBron. And this is the last couple of seasons where we're going to actually have them all at their highest level. But I say all that to say, like, dude, you know, I don't know if Kevin's going to be able to do this, but, dude, I think he's going to have to just score 50. He's going to have, like, one of those performances just to prove a point performance, though, right? Like, I'm here. It might be where, like, he just puts all the energy out and they might lose the next game, but he's like, nah, bro, I had, I had to show y'all motherfuckers something. I had to show y'all something. Like, that's what the, I think is going to take for the Nets at this is stage he gonna of the do season it? to win Is he going to do it? What's the over-under on 35 for him tomorrow night for you? Uh, I, I'm taking the over, but only because it's this, only because it's the Warriors. And it's a national television audience. We really gonna be watching this shit, and it's gonna be like, nah, bro. I'm about to, I'm about to kick y'all ass. Real well, they quick. got a chance because he's got to be over. He got to be over 35 for them to have a chance tomorrow night. He's going or or whenever they play, whatever the game. He's gonna it's be gonna over. be a game where like the all everybody wins, including the streets, if everybody gets out healthy, right? Like, because it doesn't mean anything, but it means everything. It's a regular season game like that. There, there are very few players. Not very well. Yeah, very few. See, the we're NBA, getting two molds playing against each other. We're getting Steph versus Kevin. Two molds playing against each other. Not like we're getting the exceptions, not the rules playing against each other right now. In an NBA, in an NBA gym, like there are different levels of player, just like there are anywhere, right? But there, are very few get to the point where it doesn't matter if you do every 
single thing correct on a defensive possession, they're going to score. There aren't. I mean, there are some fantastic players that don't even fit into that category. Kevin Durant yes. is one of those. I mean, fantastic players. Some of your all-time favorites. That there's something you could do. to You can't do shit to affect his offense. It's whether he misses it or not. Like that's the it, best know, player in the league right now. That's why he's the best player in the league right now. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm I, yeah, but hear me. Like there, Kobe was like that. Where, you mm. know, you're just you did everything right. Like you'd run back and you'd look over at your coach and he'd be like, "It was a great job." Like and he's looking at you. That's like, why I to tell for you. certain people. That's why for certain people, numbers don't mean shit. Like, but coach, I got him to eleven of thirty five from the field, bro. We lost because you fucking you. He missed it. You he made the game winner in your face, bro. It doesn't. I don't give a. I don't care. I don't no, care chill, that he bro. was 11. Chill, chill. I'm not co-signing I'm not that talking shit. about no. you. I'm My not job. talking about you. No, no, no. Hey, but for, now you got me no, on no, my no, defensive. I'm about, no, I know no, you. No. I'm not talking specifically to you. I know I'm you're not, to, boy. This is, where we get, this is where we get messed up. This is where I, the, the Yes, player, this is where we diverge. This is where our past is divide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this. This is the divide. Because as a defender in the league, that's my only job. My only job is to be able to come to you after the game as a coach and say, Hey man, he's gonna get his, but I made yeah. him shoot twenty-seven percent, coach, and I kept him off the free throw line. Like if I can do that, you you as a coach don't you can't say shit to me, especially if you didn't send a double team after him or something like that. If I can say to you, hey man, he usually shoots forty-five percent, and he was down at twenty-seven <laughs> tonight, and yeah, like he got numbers, but he took a volume of shots. We're supposed to beat you at that point because that's my job. Quick question for a tangent for you, real quick. When you, uh, is that why, like, like say if, and I, don't punch me in the face, Raja. I'm I asking can't. a question. I, can't. I know, I know. Fucking I know. I, I, I know. <laughs> but, Ra, when you, you know, like, we just made up a good point that I really just wanted to ask you about, bro, where you're saying, like, hey, man, I don't care if he scored, hit a shot in my face, 11 of 35. I don't care. Do you think that sh that, because if in a seven game series, because he was just, he exerted so much energy and was 11 to 35. Say this is game one, right? Where he hits a shot in your face and woo -woo, you make great defense. Could that of your performance in game one probably help win the series because you just fucking tired him out? Is that why? Now, I'm, I'm asking, I'm really just asking this because it's really, it's fascinating. We don't talk about this type of stuff. Like, so does that, does that really help if you just tire a guy out and just get him to Alpha's base? Of course. Uh, of course. And yeah, obviously making, you know, making him shoot a volume of shots. Again, you're talking about field goal percentages. Those shots are shots other people don't get. If he's really off of his mark in terms of field goal percentage and our team is operating close to norm, Again, we should win those games unless, you know, you pull something miraculous out, which some of those greats do. But I would take it a step further. And the volume of shots, yes. But the way I make you get those shots becomes, becomes what ultimately can wear you out. Like, if I'm not giving you free catches, Logan, you know, and you're having to work just to get the ball, and then I'm making you shoot tough shot after tough shot after tough shot, I'm keeping you off the free throw line which are resting opportunities and easy buckets. If you've earned all those buckets, I've made you work your tail off to get them and you're shooting a low field goal percentage, you're damn right that's going to have a cumulative effect. Now, there some of those dudes, are. It, it's not going to matter. You know, it's going to be a game seven and 
They're going to be dog tired and they're one of the top five players of all time because they're going to come out in game seven and they're going to give you 45 and they don't care that they're tired. But that's what you're banking on is I'm wearing you out, man. I'm making you work for things that you ordinarily don't have to work for. And the effect of that over time is going to be beneficial to me and my team. Yeah, for sure. And damn. Thank you for calling me out on that. I'm glad I'm glad we're on these things because it was very oh constructive. This Bro. is very constructive. It was very Bro. constructive. Look at us. Look at us. Hey, Look that could have been a, that could have been an exchange between me and one of my coaches. That's exactly how that shit would have went down. If somebody had called me over and said, "Oh, he hit that last fucking shot. I don't care. He was 11 for 37. He hit that last shot in your face." We was gonna have a moment. That's why, like fucking athletes, and that's why this is what this is a media member talking. So, like again, this is I'm glad we're having these conversations before we, you know, before we actually do face to face ones. But like those are the, this is why the conversation where I'll be talking to you and I'll be like, athletes are weird because like y'all can do that, right? Because when you guys are when you guys are like fighting or yelling at each other, we're really just having this conversation. But we ain't got time to have this conversation because we're in the fucking finals right now. So shut the fuck up and let's get this going, right? Is that is that kind of how athletes and players are wired? Some are athletes and coaches are wired sometimes or most yeah. times sometimes. Okay, for the mo- for the most part, when you have as long as it's constructive though, right? It's constructive and they're two adults participating in that back and forth. Sure. Sure. Okay. Like there's sure. a level of yeah. maturity that has to be had on both sides for, for that to be received and understood. Hey man, this shit's heated at the moment. You got to stop fucking with me, dog. I got a job to do. And then we get together after the game and it's all good. Mm, there's a lack of maturity on one side or the other. It, you know, shit it happens. Get, it can get weird. It can get weird. I've been there. Let's say I've been there. Yeah. 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 Oh, right, and I'm not pointing so, fingers. I'm saying I was, I was, you know, what are you going to do? I was young. Yeah, off top. This is a great podcast. I love this podcast. Okay, now here, here we now. Now that before we get out of here, now that you know we have all the things, let's just make a prediction. I've already said the Warriors. I've said the Warriors, even with all the things I've said. So the Warriors are going to win this game on Tuesday. Who do you got? I got KD going for thirty-five, thirty-seven, and the Warriors winning. Mm. Okay, there we go, man. All right, I think I think everybody is also everybody from both sides because we both got ties in both places. Everybody's both mad at us and both like, oh, they were right, they were right, they were right. Like <laughs> in this whole thing, if they listen to the pod, they'll be like, it'll be a big Alonzo morning gift. It'd be like, hmm, oh, all right, for sure, all right, cool, all right, all right, bet for sure, all right, cool, all right, man. That was another edition of Real Ones. Um, make sure you check us out every Mondays and uh, Mondays and Thursdays. In the meantime, make sure you check out Mismatch. Make sure you check out Group Chat. Make sure you check out uh, 60 Songs or Less. Also, um, I was in LA this uh, over the weekend, and there was a we're doing something The Ringer um, on HBO. We have a partnership with HBO. Oh. I was actually at the uh, I was kicking it with some folks um, in LA for that. Um, there we have a partnership with HBO, and we have our Music Box series. Um, with uh, we're doing something. I watched the Juice World one already. It's really good. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen the final cut, but it's coming out, and you guys should go check that out when it comes out, and go check out the whole music music box series, and uh, make sure you check out what Black Girl Songbook with who Roger Bell, town legend Danielle Smith. Mm-hmm. And then make sure you also check out R two C two with who Roger Bell, Vallejo legend, the Crestside Clown, CC Sabathia. We will see you on Thursday. Holla!